Boy, go to bed. Boy, go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed, boy. There you go. Good boy. Oh, boy. Boy's still here. He's still there. Look He's at that. Here. I've been here for a week. Yeah, it's been a, you know, it's been a week since we last spoke to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's been a whole week. It's been a whole week. So much has happened. So much has happened. We've caught up on our lives and stuff and everything. Um, Still only edited three minutes of the film. Really <laughs> falling behind. You really need to get it back to that, Phil. I know, I know. Maybe next week. Yeah. It might being like all happy and stuff of being in my new place has just totally waned. Um, you know. <laughs> that was quick. It was really quick. Yeah. It was, These walls you know, have become a prison. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, that whole thing of moving and stuff. That, like, I was really hoping that, like, you know, that would be the answer. And like, you know, maybe I wouldn't, you know, it, it's everything, Phil. Like I, I, I've, I've just, I've like hit uh, six months plus of me mm. uh, not drinking and, uh, you know, Oh yeah, lost, man. Congratulations. Lost weight and, you know, like got myself into a little bit better shape and blah, blah, blah. And you, you've made a film and I got to be a part of it. And uh, the podcast like, you know, was gone and now it's back and everything. And then I moved house and all this stuff. And I was sitting here thinking like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. All like you know, it's great. Like that stuff that's going to be great. And then I just realized that, like you know, it's like now that it's over and I'm in this house and stuff. It's just like it hasn't changed anything. It hasn't changed anything that I was. <laughs> I'm was still change. depressed. I'm still <laughs> depressed. Um, so welcome to the Pot Charles Cinegas, <laughs> presented by the Prince Charles Cinema and the Breadcrumbs Collective. This is your host Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my. A Japanese boy, Phil. Is that okay? Yeah, you're turning Japanese this week. I'm turning Japanese? I really think so. <laughs> I, I already really said that, so. right? I would, we've already talked about that, huh? Yeah, Mr. We've talked about it, right? Mr. Baseball. Yeah, Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Mr. Baseball, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. On, that, on that other show, yeah. yeah. That other wonder that when other the show. next episode of that Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I really like that show. They had a good run and then they just stopped. They just stopped. I don't know. It was like they were in the middle of like, I felt like some of their best work yet. And then they just. Yeah. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're back here again. We're actually doing a normal episode this week, which is normal. Yeah. We're we're back to normal. Um, How does it feel? How do you feel, Phil? Like uh, one, How do one I extra feel? week into only having three minutes edited of your movie. <laughs> you know, like what you said um, just now about, you know, all of that change. Yeah. And like, you know, I can, I can relate in terms of like, I've been coming down. Yeah. You know, you know, I feel like a rock star stepping off stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, like uh, I know that feeling. I've played gigs before, and you have a you, fucking you, stellar gig, and then you step off stage. You of and you're course. Like, now what? <laughs> now, now what? You, you of course know that feeling. Yeah. That I feel like, yeah, like finishing the shoot or the brunt of the shoot. Um, I've been in a constant state of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And this isn't even me joking for the podcast. You cut that out. <laughs> and usually I'm, you know, I err towards, you know, sadness more than anything. Usually sad more than anxious. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I flirt with both. But it's been like non-stop, like just every day, just like, you know, random deep breath and like yeah. a weight. And just like, it's like this anticipation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, like I've just come off a night 
of shooting or I'm a, I need to get ready for the next night of shooting. And I hadn't quite subsided yet. And it's just like, I guess it's that lack of like, yeah, what now? That like lack of that purpose suddenly like mm. stripped out from under me that I'm hoping that the editing will replace yeah. until the next void shows itself. <laughs> um, but apart from that, I'm good. Great. You know, Phil, I think this sort of is it's good to talk about these sort of things because talk about, feelings. Uh, you talk about your feelings, man. Like, you know, last week we were talking about like not feeling manly enough to use a fucking power drill. And it's, it's OK. We should be talking about these things. I, you know, I talked to that guy. I out it last week. Um, you know, I, I discovered him. I came called by. up, ring, you know, I was ringing up uh, British Gas and I was trying to find all their people who made a dumbass mistake by going to the wrong flat. And I said, sorry for, you know, you know, being like an asshole last week on the podcast and outing him for being a dumbass who went to the wrong flat. And I told him his name was Richard. And I said, Richard, listen, mate, like, mate, um, we all make mistakes. Mate, because we're mates now. You just got to talk about it sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, to, you just have to, to own up to the mistake. Yeah. Like, I didn't know where the meter was, and you didn't yeah. know where you were. So, mate. So, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Phil, and I think. Rich, uh, can I call you Rich? Can I call you Rich? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think it's it's okay for us to talk about these things because it, it only makes us human to feel this way. And I think, mm. you know, we're getting into a new arc here, ladies and gentlemen, where, you know, if you think we have anxiety, oh my God. If you think we have pressures, oh my God. Phil, Phil, can I call you Phil? There's only one <laughs> thing that I love more, Phil, than a kick-ass Tour, you know, a director with a shit ton of great movies, a legacy mm. that can't be matched, a loyal, devoted following because of years and years of honing their craft and leaving humanity with a plethora of masterpieces. You know what that one thing is, Phil? What? Nepotism. Don't. Men, 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 children of men. Men, 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 children of men, men. Men, 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 children of men. Men, 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 children of men, 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 children of men, men. Children of men. Phil, it's our new arc, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. We're back at it. Your boys aren't going to leave you high and dry without an episode where we're talking about a bad movie or a good movie or whatever kind of movie. Um, we're here, and we're going to get real with you again. We've got hot takes. They will be coming out of the gates. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking about Children of Men. It's this new series where we're talking about, if you remember back on the Star Wars episode, we were kind of setting it up, or maybe it was weeks before that. We were teasing it for a few weeks. Um, It's very delayed, but sorry, you know, shit happens. People move. People make movies. What have you ever done? Yeah, back off, okay? Uh, (laughs) And and, uh, Children of Men, basically what this is, it's uh, directors or any sort of like famous person in the filmmaking industry, because this could, you know, come back in the future who is very good at what they do and they have a legacy and all that. And then they had a kid who also joined the business. And Mm -hmm. how did they do? Did these kids destroy their parents' legacy or did they live up to it? Did they forge their own path? Yeah, did they forge their own path? Phil and I love pro wrestling. We've talked about like pro wrestling so many mm. times. And basically yeah. this- There's a lot of family dynasties in wrestling. Yes, there is. And this arc was 
born out of a conversation that Phil and I had with a few friends from the cinema. It was a night out of drinks and stuff. And, um, and we sort of jokingly asked who, who's like the, the Ric Flair to Charlotte Flair of filmmaking or the Ric Flair to David yeah. Flair of filmmaking, but we and were more dusty so dusty road to gold dust or yeah, to Cody and to yeah. Cody. Yeah. We're looking for more of the, the ones that excel the bubble and to Randy Orton, you know, <laughs> one who excelled more. Yeah. Yes. We're, we're looking for that more. So we're looking for success stories right now. Maybe one day we'll mm. look at the, uh, the biggest, you know, misses the underbelly. There are, the side. there are some yeah. out there, I'm sure. Yeah. There are a few um, we avoided just cause we didn't want to have the conversation. Yes. Yes. I've had enough. They're just like, just to, you know, not to derail the podcast. Not today. Yeah, not today. <laughs> like not, not, today. not in the not next week it. or two or three. I just can't be bothered. Maybe in the future, yeah. I'll be happy to have these funny conversations, but mentally can't help it right now. I can't handle that shit. Yeah. Can't do I only have so much to give. Yes. And yes. this is the and amount. I'm, we're up to here. We are up we're already here. up here. I'm up here. This right isn't now. a video podcast, but we're holding our hands up in the air. Um, they're quite high. They're quite above high. our heads. Yeah. And I'm six foot six. I'm sitting down. You don't need to know that. I could be standing up to do this podcast and that's hot. That's really hot because yeah, it's over d- my head. That's really hot. You didn't uh, know that Jonathan stands up to do the podcast. It's really weird. It's Every very, week before we record, yeah. I'm like, you sure you don't want to sit down? And no, he's like, man, no, it's I'm a, good here. It's a power play. <laughs> it's a power play. It's Let's a power play. Here. Cool. Yeah, cool. You're just making sure the curtain don't fucking pull down. <laughs> yeah, I got to hold them up. My horrible <laughs> DIY job. Um, so, yeah, we start, we're starting it out. Uh, we said, let's, let's go directors first. Because this could be actors. We were talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, where we yeah, had like sure. Colin Hanks came up and um and uh what what was her name uh Sissy Spacek's daughter, daughter uh, Skylar Fisk yeah. they were in the that same movie and it was like sort of like oh we could do this for actors as well like so famous actors who had children who became actors so but we're starting directors first and we're starting off with something very close to the breadcrumbs collective family at the moment because our good pal Petros over there in caged in is doing Coppola connections right now. And, uh, we are doing a film that he's probably already done or will do. I don't know. I can't remember if he's done it yet or not. Um, I think he, has. But sorry, sorry, Petros, stepping on target here. but Petros has picked the Coppola family who like li- literally he's going to be doing this for years. And it's because they have so many different branches off, and everybody somehow is connected to the Coppolas. Um, it's like one. Yeah, because he did like he did like the Amazing Spider-Man, could like the DP in the Coppola or something yeah. like that. So it's not fair, yeah. and they're gonna there's gonna be some crossover sometimes. And you're just gonna have to deal with it, um, Petrus. Stop getting upset. I'm just building up like a fake yeah. animosity to Petrus. <laughs> fake feuds. Exist. We're uh, good at that. Yeah, we're good at fake feuds. Phil, who is it, and what film are we talking about? today of the first we're start we're starting probably with the maybe with the best <laughs> with it's all down here uh, it's all down here from there with i mean and it and it was you know hard i think we kind of went with the films the these people are probably most well known for but they yeah. all do have quite you know they have a lot to choose from yeah um and and this person especially uh had a few but we're going with for the first episode of our Children of Men, Children of Famous Men arc is Sofia Coppola and it is Mr. Baseball. No, it's lost in translation. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. I had to do it. It's the same movie. It's the same movie. 
more relaxing times. Make it Suntory time. Cut, 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 cut! Is that everything? I mean, it seemed like you said more than that. You're a movie star. Yes, I should be doing movies. You know Rat Pack? Rat Rat Pack? A ring a ding ding. Mr. Hari, Mr. Kazo sent me my stockings. Leave them. What? Hey! Lip my stocking! Lip them? What? What are you doing? My husband's a photographer, so he's here working. He wasn't doing anything, so I came along. What do you do? I'm not sure yet, actually. What are you doing here? Getting paid $2 million to endorse a whiskey. The good news is the whiskey works. Can you keep a secret? I'm trying to organize a prison break. <laughs> We'd have to first get out of this bar, then the city, and then the country. Are you in or are you out? I'm in. Tony, I'm Bob. You're probably just uh, having a midlife crisis. Did you buy a Porsche yet? You know, I was thinking about buying a Porsche. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be. You'll figure that out. The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you let things upset you. You really are having a midlife crisis, huh? Uh-huh. We're kind of in a reboot month on ourselves, aren't we? Reboot month. It just, at least it wasn't this podcast. That was Mr. Baseball. Mr. Baseball. That was Mr. That baseball. Was Mr. baseball. Mr. baseball. Um, yeah. So it's okay. We could talk about Mr. Baseball yeah. again, but just called Lost in Translation. Whatever. A lonely aging movie star named Bob Harris, played by Bill Murray, and a conflicted newlywed Charlotte, played by Scarlett Johansson, meet in Tokyo. Bob is there to film a Japanese whiskey commercial, and well-known Japanese actress Scarlett Johansson is ingraining herself in the <laughs> Japanese culture in preparation for her eventual role in we have known. Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Charlotte is accompanying her. You have to get out the way. Yeah, you have to do it. That might be the last time we'll say that in this episode. Um, Charlotte's there accompanying her celebrity photographer boyfriend, or sorry, husband, John, played by Giovanna Ribisi. A.K.A. Chad. He's a boy. Uh, he's a boy. He's a boy stable actor for sure. Yeah, he's definitely a boy yeah. stable. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, strangers in foreign land, the two find escape, distraction, and understanding amidst the bright Tokyo lights after a chance meeting in a quiet lull of a hotel bar. They form a bond that is unlikely as it is heartfelt and meaningful. Lost in translation. It's the 2003 romantic comedy drama Written and directed by Sofia Coppola. Bill, hot takes out the gate. Awesome translation. Hot hot takes. Um, I haven't seen this movie in years, and it was actually a nice surprise going back to it. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I was a bit apprehensive about going back to it. I was just like, um, I don't know. It's not a movie like I'm always in the mood to watch, fair. I guess, if, if that makes sense. I think but that's like, fair. 
But going back was a nice surprise. It's like I I I did really I enjoyed watching it more than I thought I would because it's I mean it's just good. It's a solid like really quiet meditation on like what it is to be isolated and regretful and just this this like something Sophia Coppola is particularly good at is like that certain kind of melancholy. Mm. You know, like every director is like does that like a particular sadness well. Um and there's room for every kind of it. You know, I mean lifted up by two fucking stellar performances. I forgot like obviously Bill Murray just doing a great fucking Bill Murray. Yeah. You just take it for granted how good he is. And my favorite bits of him are like where I think he's sort of just riffing and just being like when he's just talking to that, uh, old person in the fucking waiting room of like the hospital and they're trying to talk to each other and he's just making them laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Those are the bits I like, but Scully Hansen really good and really restrained and like, they're both believable and graceful in their performances and they meet and they're like, they have a natural chemistry. It's not like nothing is forced. It's the, the film isn't like, it's so well paced as well. It's just like, they just let things happen and it doesn't feel rushed and like nothing really happens, but quite a big thing happened for these two people. But like, and then you you get to this, really lovely ending which i don't remember obviously everybody remembered the ending of lost yeah. Translations, the very famous ending yeah what did he say um but it i don't remember it hitting me like it did this time the first time i don't remember it i having beyond like oh that's a that's a really sweet moment but like this time it got me like really emotional i think i'm just getting old because like this <laughs> film and the film next week both made me cry like out of nowhere. Like I just wasn't expecting it, but I was just like really into it. Um, so yeah, I think Lost in Translation is a really fucking, really good movie and one of her better movies, if a little bit racist. Yeah. There's some, uh, there's some dodgy moments in it for sure. That's like, a moment. Slightly weird. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. There was moments. Not in terms of premise. Like yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't. I don't think that is inherently problematic. Nor the fact that, like, you know, they don't really bother to translate or see the other side because that's the whole point. Yeah, is that he is in a land where he doesn't understand a language and can't just fucking can't communicate. But there are a few things, and they're funny. Some of them are funny. Where it's just like the joke is almost like because they're different and they're weird, right? Like him on set getting direction, and when the you know, lady comes to visit his room. Those are like, those bits are a bit problematic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that particularly. And I remember saying it to Julia and she kind of like was, she, she was like, well, I guess that's the point. It's supposed to be like this lost in translation. Things are getting lost in translation. And I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. But the, the scenes where he's on set and he's getting directed and the director saying these things that are like, like really long winded and like, you know, like he's saying a lot. You sure? You sure that's all he said? Yeah. He's saying a lot of stuff. And then she comes over and just like says a couple of words. And I was just like, that's a really weird, like thing to say 
like or th- a, a weird thing to do in a film where it could come off feeling slightly racist because that is a joke that gets played on a lot in movies that comes off like very racist. Not saying that like mm. it's that weird thing where I guess she was just like, oh, well, this is it's these things are lost in translation. OK, but yeah. like, yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. but there's those like, you know. That gets used it's a Wayne's World joke. Yeah, yeah. It gets used as a crutch in movies a lot to be played out for laughs of like, you know, um, someone saying a, a lot of things and then the it gets translated for you and it's like two words and it's just like, dude, that's fucking racist. Like, you know, so it's like, it's a weird... He weird also does that not empowered. Yeah. Mike yeah, Myers yeah. liked Mike that Myers joke. Mike Myers just <laughs> 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 no, It's just like, it's a fine line and I, I get it if it's like, you know, this is the things that are lost in translation and maybe the woman who's translating doesn't even know how to say it to him to like sort of make sense. And she's just like sort of dumbing it down for the amount of English that maybe she knows how to say to him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. I think this, yeah, this film has those things. I think you don't always want to watch it. I think I get where you're saying like, you know, it's not, it is like uh, I feel like you have to be in a mood for it. It's a sleepy film in some respects it's a sleepy um, film in a good uh, way yeah in a very good way and it's very good i think um at times it can be awkward and i think that sort of helps it out a little bit it, it is sort of i uh, may meant to be a bit awkward and stuff and just weird and mm-hmm. um i i think like yeah like you're saying sophia coppola is very good at that like of just the melancholy of uh of characters and like portraying that mm-hmm. on screen and just like um I feel like this plays really well if you're younger I, as well. Like I think the first time I saw it, I was a bit younger and it's like, that's, it's, it is sort of like a bit of an emo film and you can really get drawn into the characters and you can feel like what they're feeling and like, you know, Bill Murray or, or Scarlett Johansson's performances are really good and strong and like of, you know, you can feel like you can get lost in that sort of like, Oh, like, woe is me. Uh, and, mm-hmm. but like sometimes I, I like guess, just being sad in like yeah. one of the most beautiful cities in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think sometimes if you're older or, I mean, maybe it could work as well as you're older. I think when I watched it being older now, I didn't quite have the same thing. Maybe I was slightly pissed off at them for being uh, so upset while they're in one of the most amazing cities in the world that I would love to go to. <laughs> so I was yeah. just like, fuck you for like being but, upset but, about being in Japan, you piece of shit. <laughs> but, but yeah. But as know. we know, when, you know, sadness, you know, your feelings can follow you anywhere. True. True, Phil. True words have never And we can't me. judge them when they come. I know. And I need, uh, so we have to I need to work on myself about accepting yeah. that sort of stuff. And that, like, I'm a, ever-changing, evolving, and rotating uh, ball of emotions. Um, like the world, yeah. the way the world revolves yeah. around, it's always evolving and changing and revolving. And, yeah. you know, just, yeah. it's always just different. just twirling towards freedom. Yeah, yeah, or into, non, you know, non-existence. And, um, you know, mm. it's we're on a planet that's hurtling into, like, into the middle of nowhere, and it's an expanding universe of nothingness. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's paralyzing. Like, it's a paralyzing yeah, thought. Yeah, we all know that. You know, goes through these bundles of emotions, just like the world. And I'm, tr- I'm clearly trying to say that the world revolves around me, Phil. And I'm trying to, um, mm-hmm. and it does. Know, I'm trying to make it. You so are you. That, you know, it's not. I need to realize that it's not. There are other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's a, it's a fun movie. I, th- I think there's some strong music choices in it. It's really cool. You get a lot Great of like, soundtrack. You know, Kevin yeah. Shields and, and music uh, used Valentine in. And, yeah, yeah, music used in 
different way than in how they normally use in film. Yeah, definitely. I would say. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun film for sure. Like um, Tokyo is brilliant and amazing, and it looks amazing. And um, I think it's yeah, it is that funny thing uh, of how I really love Japan, the idea of going to Japan and stuff, and it, it like maybe that sort of played on me. Like I said a, a few minutes ago, just like watching this film of two people who are totally like upset about where they're at and just like totally <laughs> hating every moment of it. It's just like really awkward. It's just funny. It's like, come on, man, you're in this great place. Yeah. But you know, it's easy, I guess, to get like, um, to feel like, you know, alone and to people who find, you know, solace in the fact that they find each other and they are both like just alone. Like mm-hmm. that could be the only linking sort of thing that made them kindred spirits was that they were just both alone at that given time and found each other because they're yeah. both very different people. And they're both like, you know, from widely, you know, different age brackets. And I kind of forgot mm-hmm. that Bill Murray was uh, married and had a family and stuff. Like I completely for- forgot, I forgot that those. too, because again, it's unsaid for like, like most of the movie and you're just sort of picking it up. Yeah from the phone call and they don't really talk to each other like a couple. And I guess that's sort of the point, mm. but yeah, that makes them more of a shitty character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Stuff. I don't, I didn't remember him being that shitty. And I think that kind of was, it was funny because it's very similar. Like there's some similar themes to what we're getting. We'll get into next week as well. Um, very, with, yeah, which yeah. Is very very strange. And I didn't notice that when we were plotting these films out, cause we had, like you said, mm. that Sofia Coppola has a few, you know, banger films that we could have chosen from, Bang. you know, like Virgin Suicides, you know, and there's like some good stuff that we could have picked, uh, yeah, somewhere you know, and bling ring. Yeah. And, bling yeah. ring. Yeah. So, but it felt like this was like, this was a very PCC film we show, Lost in Translation a lot. We've not talked yeah, about it. Yeah, we just did a double so, bill. Yeah. We just did a double yeah. bill with, with In the Mood for, for Love. Which is a great double yeah. bill. A great double bill. They have um, the same shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sofia Coppola was very much um, influenced by Wong Kar Wai and even like mm. shout, shouted him out when she won the Academy Award for Best, oh, that's film, lovely. best Original Screenplay for this. Um, that's nice. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a very loose structure of these episodes uh, because we had originally kind of planned these out when we were about to go for our little break and we were hoping that we were going to have these episodes in time and stuff and uh, you know to kind of come out so it wouldn't seem like we were on break but it just did not happen when Phil and I recorded the Star Wars episode it went way longer it, Star Wars is always a mamma jamma and I don't know why we thought it would be wouldn't be um, mm. but these are not a mamma or a jamma or a mamma jamma. So <laughs> these are just very short and sweet, silly little episodes. Um, I hope you guys can deal with that as we work through our problems of, 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 oh, and I'm sure these people are working through, you know, cause Sophia Coppola, she is a, I mean, that's quite a legacy, dude. Like to be the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, like not to mention all the other stems of the Coppola family where you've got mm. Nicolas Cage being her cousin and like, you know, Jason Schwartzman being her cousin and like Talia Shire being her aunt and like August Coppola <laughs> being her grandfather or uncle. I can't remember like where he. And she also There's came out people. being like, she came out also being like, really? The fucking girl from Godfather. Yeah, Three? that's the thing. Yeah, she had a lot yeah. to prove because she comes and yeah. does Godfather Part Three, which one day, people, one day we'll we'll talk about. 
Um, but which version? But which version? Both. It can uh, be both. And, and uh, yeah, like, you know, it's fame. She's, it's like, that's what everybody talks about with that film. It's, it's the most famous part is that she is really shit in that movie. She's she not is, great in it. She no. is not good. Um, but she's not an actress. But she's like, not an that's actress. not her strong douche, but she's a great fucking writer and director. Yeah. She's proved it here. Proved yeah. it multiple times. So what we're kind of doing with this is uh, very, I mean, it's very small because we're literally only talking about one film from each of these directors where we mm. just, you know, we can sort of bring up some of these other films and stuff, but like we try to pick some of the most popular films from these directors repertoire and stuff to like, you know, put up and say, Hey, is this like, is this worthy? Were these people like good yeah. products of being a great, like, you know, child of a director who made a name for themselves to, you know, to be like standing on their own two feet as yeah. their own person as a director yeah. in Hollywood. And Sophia Coppola the, is up there. Yeah, she definitely, yeah, yeah. Or could it be nepotism gonna muck? Yes. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> definitely. I think it will be ever evolving and changing as we like go through these next few weeks as well of like mm-hmm. what we feel like. Um, Sophia Coppola started writing the film after spending time in Tokyo and becoming fond of the city. She began forming a story about two characters experiencing a romantic melancholy in the Park Hyatt, Tokyo, where um, she stayed while promoting her first film, which was the 1999 drama The Virgin Suicides. Coppola Mm -hmm. envisioned Murray playing the role of Bob Harris from the beginning, and she had tried to recruit him for up to a year before relentlessly sending him telephone messages and letters while bill murray did eventually agree to play the part he didn't sign a contract so copeless he's like that <laughs> yeah he's very much like that yeah I, I believe we kind of said the same thing about that with uh with ghostbusters i think he just sort of like they didn't he just know, rocked up he just yeah. rocked up and they're like fucking thank yeah. god thank god so yeah while bill murray he he didn't sign this contract but coppola spent a quarter of the film's $4 million budget without knowing if he would appear in Tokyo for the shooting on Bill Murray. And yeah, she basically felt immense relief when he, when he showed up, you know? Um, But like he plays Bob Harris, he's a fading movie star. You don't really get to know much about like him as a person of like what kind of films. Yeah. Yeah. Like you see some bits where obviously they had taken like from maybe some SNL skits or like old things that he had done in the past um, that Mm. show up like where he's watching or somebody's watching or I think it's when he's sitting there and they're just showing it. It's just like an old episode dubbed in Japanese and it's just fucking bizarre to watch. But yeah. But he's just like, obviously, like, you know, coming in, he's a, it's very much, yeah, it is Mr. Baseball. Like he's it's a, Mr. Baseball. He's a fading star. Aging star. Coming maybe had something left to give. Yeah. But like, yeah, making his money elsewhere in a foreign land and he gets, you know, caught up in the custom and dealing with people and they visit a temple mm. because you have to when you're in fucking Japan. Yeah. <laughs> and you find enlightenment or whatever. Yeah. And it's all good. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen in this movie, but- you know, that's where the sadness comes back into it. Definitely. He meets Charlotte, Scarlett Johansson. She's a recent college graduate and she's in Japan because Giovanni Rubisi is John as her husband. He's a celebrity photographer and she's obviously gotten dragged along on this journey. Is he meant to be, am I right in saying he's meant to be Spike Jones? I think he is meant to be Spike Jones a bit because they were obviously married. Um, 
Yeah. I guess this was around the time where they were still, I guess, married. They were still married. I'm not sure. I don't know. Cause if I watched this, I'd be like, fuck that. Sucks. Like if that, <laughs> how I, you know, how I treated you and that's how you felt during the relationship. And then fucking yeah. Anna Ferris showed up yeah. and just make the whole thing worse. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, people who think that Anna Ferris's character who plays Kelly. So she's this ditzy blonde Hollywood actress who's like fawning over John and has all this, like obviously a relationship there. That's like, makes it awkward. Like where it seems like maybe he's cheating on her, but maybe he's not. It's just, she's kind of like, you know, this weird, affectionate, ditzy, blonde actress. And they do this sure. one really funny scene where she's doing like a presser or something. And and, uh, and Charlotte just kind of like appears and sees this going on. And it's just really funny. Mm. And there's a, rumors that this is sort of meant to be Cameron Diaz, I think. Like that's sort of the whole play of like their, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but that's what uh, a lot of people think that it's oh, meant to be okay. like Cameron Diaz, like a being John Markovich type for it yeah okay so yeah it's very kind of a funny sort of thing um which only plays up to more of the sadness and melancholy with charlotte (laughs) which is yeah just push it away from what she's great again like playing that these people playing like up at the end of their life like one just getting started and like the sadness like the crushing the crushing weight of like possibility yeah and like yeah yeah like of like you could be anything and you don't know where you want to be yet and it you know but you're surrounded by people who are like fucking motivated and running around and you feel like left behind and then a guy who's like completely slowed down who's done it he's done his like fast bit and now he's settled down and you know maybe he's ended up in a place where that he didn't want to be mm. and he's taking these like corny corporate gigs overseas and which is very realistic lots of fucking celebrities do that yeah and that's a cool little thing to like dig into and it's nice them meeting in the middle like you said that romantic melancholy it's done well it's not pushed too much it's never creepy it's like just it's just there like it's not even really pushed until he does sleep with someone else yeah and she feels she feels somewhat rejected because of yeah. that um, he but, sleeps you know, with the lounge singer. It's uh, more, yeah, but it could be more. There's so many ways to interpret it. That's why it's a nice relationship. It's mm. just, it's an exploration of like love in the abstract sense. It can be friendly. It can be maternal, paternal in this case. Yeah, and it can be romantic. And this movie kind of does all of them, and that's why their relationship works so well. And that's why at the end, it's not like a. Like it's just really sweet, painful ending. Like they kiss goodbye, and it's not like a even romantic kiss. It's just it's a goodbye. It's like it's just a, a person parting from another person, and they meant something to each other for a brief moment. And like it's not optimistic that ending. It's not like things will change now. They might. She might leave John, and he might figure things out with his wife. But it's more like. People are kind of doomed. Maybe we're all doomed. And maybe yeah. all we have are these little interactions we have with each other and it's trying to make those last. Yeah. That's mad depressing, dude. <laughs> yeah. But that but the film does it really moments. well. And I think yeah. that, that I think that's what got me emotional. Like yeah. because again, it's a very sleepy, wandering movie. You're just yeah. hanging out and then it fucking kind of crushes you at the end with all the things that you've realized that you've been experiencing with them have built up to this moment. And they just, they're just yeah. all, they all play it really well. Like, I feel like Carly Hansen could be more annoying and she's not, she's really 
fucking good in this. And Bill Murray could be more of a creep, and he's not. He's really good in this. You know, it's 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 very well cast. Yeah, they really like do a good job. Like, or Sophia Coppola's done a good job of like you know, kind of going as far, like you said, kind of going as far as she could go and stuff without it kind of crossing a line or feeling too creepy. Because for sure, yeah, there is those things where like you know, I guess like. Bill Murray's character and even, you know, Scarlett Johansson's character, like, you know, there probably is that thing of like, Hey, we really like each other and we know this is wrong, but we could sleep with each other, but we shouldn't. And it's that Mm. sort of thing, you know, I think they're battling with, and then there's the, there is the, it's better that they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the paternal side to it where they like, you know, he's looking out for her cause she's like alone, young and alone. And he kind of knows what that's like. And, he's older and he has a kid and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's that whole side to it. Plus there's, you know, there is, like you said, there's the feeling like rejection when he sleeps with the, the jazz singer at the bar. And it's that sort of thing where you can come in, you can come at it from a couple of angles where she's like upset because it, maybe it wasn't her, but it's also maybe upset because maybe she like, you know, thought that, you know, he respected her enough to not sleep with her and that like, he's a married man. And maybe there's a bit of like, Oh, I respect you for like, you know, you know, your way. And you know, we're not doing anything. And you know, I, I respect that you care about your relationship with your wife and your family and you don't want to mess that up that you've gone and just fucked this up anyway. And you're slept with this woman. Yeah. And then it's and like, it's how many other women have you done this, this with? And yeah. Blah, and it's blah, also blah. like, that's exactly how her fucking husband is making her feel. Yeah. And here's another guy who, again, she's weird because he doesn't make her feel like that. And it happened anyway. Yeah. It happened again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can see where it comes from. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, she's incredibly young in the film and just. She's very young. It's weird. She's just young in general, like doing It's this weird role. to see like this and like. Like Ghost World as well. Yeah. Like fuck, she was really. Yeah, you forget how long she'd fucking been around. Yeah. Ghost World wasn't even that much before this. I mean, she, this is two thousand three, yeah, so era. it's like yeah. she was playing. I think a few years younger than even her character was meant to be. I think she was meant to be mm. out of college, but she was probably like eighteen, nineteen when this was made. So <laughs> she's still pretty young. Yeah, I mean, I guess the famous thing about this film is that no one knows for sure what Bob says to Charlotte at the end of the film. It's a bit of a, like, uh, what was in Marcellus Wallace's briefcase sort of moment, you know. Yeah, um, or is it a dream and yeah. fucking inception. Yeah, exactly. But that, but that exactly, yeah. but, but that's the whole point. By that point, it's whatever you take from it. Yeah. It's whatever you want it to say. Did he actually say anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did, but, like, oh, I guess it's just, like, line? you don't really know like what it really was. And Petros always asked that on his podcast. So if you want to like hear like people either jokingly say, or actually yeah. say what they thought he says, you can listen what to some of those episodes. Uh, well, there's been some digital processing performed by curious, like internet people trying to figure out like what's going on um, and what has been said. Some versions uh, indicate that Bob tells Charlotte to tell her husband the truth. So I think mm-hmm. it's like telling the truth. Um, in the script, Coppola wrote Bob's line is, I know uh, I'm going to miss you, uh, or I know I'm going to miss you too, or something. And then back in 2003, Bill Murray was asked if uh, we can know what he said, and his response was, as in total Bill Murray fashion, you never will. So, like, <laughs> you know, 
it's it's that sort of fun little mystery. I think it kind of works. I don't know. Like I've I've watched some videos before in the past, and it's like you know, like I feel like he kind of says something like you know, you're gonna be okay or something like that. It feels like that's kind of that's how says. I like we're gonna be okay. That's how I read that moment. Yeah, yeah. Like the way I read it, I guess what I want him to say is just like I love you and everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. I just that was just like oh shit, just fucking tears. <laughs> Because the film, again, the film is so slight, it's so subtle. It's like there's not big emotional moments or gestures. The biggest moment up until that bit is like them running around doing karaoke. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then so like that embrace at the end is so fucking powerful. And then words you don't hear are even more powerful and mm-hmm. they're better. It's a, it's a great choice and it's better by the fact that you can't hear them. Yeah. I think I love like film mysteries and stuff. Anyway, it's like, what was that? What was said? What was done? Or like people getting into their own conspiracies about films and stuff as well. So, you know, like the munchkin being hung in the background of the Survives. <laughs> I mean, that shit's hilarious. So it's, it's fun when people kind of go wild and have their own theories of what's being said. It's just makes mo- those movies more interesting. Um, Phil, before we like close up here, it's a short episode, uh, but in true Pod Charles Twenty minutes <laughs> In true Pod Charles Cinecast fashion, I feel like we should do a quick little snack time. The changes have come in both the good and the bad. But the one thing that's constant is a snack time. It's hat. Is this racist? <laughs> I was wondering, mine's slightly racist as well. So, uh, Phil, you go first if you're worried about your snack being racist. Um, totally keep it well, in as well. Yeah. <laughs> Is this racist? <laughs> it, you know, it makes it better if I'm a little bit aware of it, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, we're talking about Japan, mm-hmm. and this is a, but I was like, I couldn't, honestly, I was just looking for like, any, I thought I was looking in co-op again. Co-op. God, boys, tearing down the house. Boy, lie down, lie down. Good boy. Um, I was just looking for anything. Hey, what did I say? Go up there, up there. Go on the couch. Go to bed. He's confused. Lie down. Mm-hmm. Wait. Stay there. Good boy. Okay. I was just looking for anything like, like I was in co-op again and yeah. I, they don't, they didn't really have like an international section. I just wanted something with like, like a foreign name. I could be like, what's the translation? What did it mean? Um, and then I was like, fuck it, something, um, you know, Japanese or like from Asian cuisine. I'm looking for like soup. Couldn't yeah. like meat no soup sounded good. Um, but I figured sushi would be the most obvious yeah. um, thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't like sushi. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I don't like, I, you know, I've had it, you know, Dusty's big into sushi and I've tried it a few times. Um, but this I thought was okay. It's only a little bit. It's the vegan taster 
from the vegan taster sushi menu. It's like three rolls. They're tiny. And the main one is a, it's basically a California roll. Okay. Yeah. Which I know I like, I like yeah. California rolls. They're basic. Um, they're basic. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to open it up and I'm going to eat that and I'm going to throw the rest away. <laughs> the re- Wait, let me actually read. So it's one edamame, soya bean, wasabi, red cabbage, and cucumber California roll. And there's like a little bottle of soy sauce. Should I put the... Nah, I'll be all right. There's already soy sauce in it. Smells like sushi. God damn. I love that like if you're not a fan of sushi, you like went for supermarket sushi like... That's exactly funnier, like just to make it work. Yeah. I know they're notoriously bad. Yeah. And it's not even like okay. the branded stuff like Yo Sushi does these supermarket ones. It's the co-op. No, version. I saw that <laughs> they had, they had it sushi, yeah. but it's a whole fucking platter of sushi. And I'm yeah. like, I don't like sushi. I just want a snack for snack time. I yeah. just want one roll. Great. So here we go. go I'm going to have it. Bon appetit. Or ite dakimas. I don't know. Good chewing. All right. It's very chewy. Okay. It tastes like quite like bland sushi. How many cigars in in a cocktail bar are you giving it? There was a lot of smoking cigars. There was. Um, maybe it would have been better with the little the little fish. <laughs> yeah. Look how cute. You gotta little fish. Yeah, you gotta you gotta throw some soy sauce on that bad boy. Um, there's uh, there's like four more little rolls, but there's like it's just carrot or cabbage, and I'm like meh. Maybe I'll have them as we go on. Um, I don't know. Do I like sushi? I'm not sure. Um, two, two, <laughs> two. I've had I've had good sushi. Yeah. So I don't want to fuck around. Yeah. I've been to like sushi restaurants and shit and it's nice. Sushi dog is good if you've ever been. They do like hot dogs, but like sushi. Oh. It's like a burrito, but it's sushi. Oh yeah. Okay. It's like a sushi dog. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um yeah. But this isn't particularly good sushi. So yeah. I like it too. What do you have? What what's your race to snack? Yeah, I, I did something like where the only literally the only reason why I grabbed it was because like um I'm sure you could get, like you find these at Asian supermarkets all the time. I'm sure you can get them in Japan, but they're actually from Singapore. But the reason why I grabbed it was because uh, I know I know in one of the Fast and Furious films, Han, um, who was introduced in Tokyo Drift, uh, is eating mm-hmm. a pack of Hello Pandas. Um, so oh, thick. It's you know you could find this in Japan. I'm sure, like it's from Singapore. Definitely, but you know whatever. So. We'll have some of these. This That's is a good the uh, biscuits with chocolate flavor filling. If you were wondering at home, fresh boy. There's no cheat in here. This hasn't been opened. <laughs> fresh boy. And yeah, they're cute. They have a little panda people on them. I don't know. I mean, they're. Oh. Little pandas. These That's are like crunch. this is a good snack actually. They're a tasty sort of chocolate inside, um, but then also it's nice and crunchy. It's a good little biscuit, kind of like up my street of 
what you want from us, you know, that sort of little snack. So pretty good. Mm. How bad? Good with the coffee. I have to try them. Mm. They're good. They're nice. And some of them have little how many, baseball um, players on it, which is cool. It's a baseball. That's cool. It's a baseball. It's a baseball. How many uh, ripped ducking do you give it? <laughs> I give it a solid four, you know? It's not perfect, right. but it's a nice little snack, you know? Okay. Double the amount I gave the co-op sushi. <laughs> <laughs> We're winning out there somewhere. Yeah. All right, well... Principal of Photography began on September 29, 2002, and it lasted 27 days. Uh, Coppola kept a flexible schedule during filming with a small crew and minimal equipment. Uh, does that ring any bells, Phil? Uh, the <laughs> screenplay was short, and Coppola often allowed a significant amount of improv- improvisation during filming. It sounds like you, with your film, you're allowing, a, not significant, but a little bit. The mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. Director of photography, Lance Accord, used available light uh, as often as possible. And many Japanese places of business and public areas were used as locations for shooting. After 10 weeks of editing, Coppola sold distribution rights for the United States and Canada of Focus Features. And the company promoted the film by generally generating positive word of mouth before its theatrical release. So it kind of created this nice little, you know steamroll of like i remember when this came out it was a bit of a like a you know it's an indie film but it had a little bit of buzz to it and of course you know it Mm. premieres at telluride film festival and it was a big critical commercial success and stuff so the film was later released in september 2003 grossing 118.7 million dollars which is tremendous actually on a four million dollar budget uh critics praised the performances of bill murray and scarlett johansson as well as the writing and the direction from Coppola. There was a limited criticism given for the film's depiction of Japan. Some people were saying it was racist. Um, and I think <laughs> that is what ultimately hurt it at the Oscars with, you know, it not winning more awards. Bad um, PR around it. Yeah, so. which can happen. Um, so yeah. at the 76th Academy Awards, Lost in Translation won Coppola Best Original Screenplay. Like I mentioned earlier, she won that and she thanked Wong Kar Wai and all, numerous other directors. It was really kind of a sweet uh, moment um, when she was accepting the award. It was really nice. And the film was also nominated for Best Picture and Best Director for her, Sofia Coppola, and Best Actor for Bill Murray. It's strange that Bill Murray's never won an Academy Award, but yeah. This Had he not? Closest he's getting. oh he hasn't yeah yeah this would have been it really yeah like that's that is unfortunate but I guess this is still like Bill Murray's like a comic actor this yeah is him sort of he's been doing it a while at this point but yeah. like not as much. I think now he could do it but he hadn't had a, probably a role as strong at that absolutely since. yeah um, other accolades one were three Golden Globe awards for best picture musical or comedy um, best actor for Bill Murray and best screenplay. And then there was three British Academy Film Awards. So, yeah, it did all right. It was, I, like I said, I remember it being like a like one of those films that kind of like, you know, it comes out of nowhere, one of those indie darling films um, of the year. And it's uh, certainly had its, like, reputation for the years since. And uh, I feel like, yeah, it's one of the Sofia Coppola's strongest films. I, I need to go back and watch more. I've only, I like, watched, a few, like, you know, a few here and there. I've still not seen mm. The Bling Ring, and I've heard good things about it. I heard it's really fun. Mm. And I haven't seen her most recent film either um, with 
Bill Murray back uh, in it, but I've on, heard on the rocks. Yeah, on the rocks. But I've heard bad things about that one. So it would it wasn't good. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't great. Which is a shame because I liked um, uh, I liked the beguiled. Yeah, the beguiled. I've still not seen that one either. Yeah, so that was surprisingly. I'm bad. I've only seen a, f- a couple. Oh, God damn. <laughs> that, that's yeah. at the time children of men children of men but we're gonna move on yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah detour next week <laughs> yeah well phil uh that's all we got for this i think uh we've said enough it's a chill nice little episode yeah. it's gonna be fun for people out there let us know what you think of children of men so far what your opinions on sofia coppola are um, like on we men said, are. what your <laughs> opinions on men are? Uh, like we said a few <laughs> weeks ago, I'm pretty sure we actually did. I, as we were doing the episode, I kind of forgot that I think we did actually uh, say all the films that we were doing, bar the very last film. Oh, did we? I think we did. Um, but anyway, we uh, we're going to pretend like we we're didn't. We're going to pretend like we didn't, but we still want to keep that thing. The last one, of the, the very last good one. one. I, we want yeah. you to guess of what that very last film will be, which is going to be fun. So start leaving your guesses of what we might talk about over the next few weeks of who who's the directors and what films we're going to be talking about. But we will say what we're doing next week. We're moving on from one Sofia Coppola to another director, which I actually did name drop his daddy's film uh, in this episode. So, uh, yeah, daddy. who is it, Phil? Who's the next? I only took one daddy episode boy. to call Daddy. Yeah, who's the next Daddy, daddy boy. boy that we're going to be talking about? It's the Jason Wright man. It's the Jason Wright man, and it's Ghostbusters. It's Jason Wright man. It's Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're doing it again. We're doing it all over again. <laughs> we're doing it again. No, due to popular demand. We are actually talking about um, a film from one of my favorite film years, 2007. It's a uh, Juno. Juno, I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not watch the goddamn movie? <laughs> you can follow us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can buy a freak a cage. Patreon.com forward slash the PCC Podcast. Buy a freak a cage. Buy a freak a cage. Just do it. It'll be fun. You know? Yeah. Well, we're, uh, if you guys don't do it anytime soon, we're going to be forced to do a you know big extravaganza telethon or something and try to get you guys to raise money that way. Um, where only Call three it, yeah, people like a, would probably actually watch it or listen to it. So, um, we should totally that's do depressing. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. I think maybe we cap out at ten. Yeah, at most. Or we might be really surprised. Yeah, maybe we have maybe a hundred people would tune in. We'd be like, "What the fuck? Yeah, where are these people? Where do they come from? Say hi, some. Why Phil leaning back so much? Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say hi to your mother for me. All right." Yeah. All right, guys, we'll see you next week with the awkward film with more awkward people dealing with more uh, weird age gaps. Do you know? Yeah, this is a running thing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it isn't just the, you know, the language barrier that is the lost in translation. That's lost in, tra- you know, that means what? What am I saying? I don't know. Fucking cut it. <laughs> I had a thought. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna say something about feelings, but fuck it. Yeah. My feelings don't matter. <laughs> this podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery Main, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs, 
head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.